All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, episode number 244. As always, I am your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and join with me back on the live stream, my co-host and the captain, Mr. Andy Full. What's going on, dude? Oh, you know, just living the dream. Stayed up way too late watching the Bills beat up on the Chiefs, which nobody saw coming except for the faithful Bills Mafia, I'm pretty sure. And, um, you know, then had a guide trip today and smashed some giant smallies, and now we're here. There you go. What's up? Well, would you be proud of me that I stayed up for the entirety of that game last night? I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. More half-forced. But also half I didn't have anything else to do, so <laughs> might as well stay and watch the Bills, Bills play because of why not. But it was a good game, dude. Can you I, I talk about like, how I made you look like a genius. You did. So <laughs> do you do you want to tell the story or me? Uh, so I text Bailey and shortly after I found out he was on delay, but I was like, Alan with like eight explanation points. And um I'm pretty sure he said something to his lady like Alan's gonna score. <laughs> Or touchdown, <laughs> and she was like, "What?" Yeah. So when he threw that pass to Knox, like I think it was like right before half, right? Uh, yeah. I was like, they about to snap it, and I get the text from Andy. And he, I was on a delay, and I get Allen and all you know capitals, and basically I was like, "I bet you five bucks touchdown pass for Allen," and she's like, and she's like, doesn't think about it, doesn't register, and he throws touchdown pass, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> and I text you, I'm like, I think you just made my fiance think I was a genius. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> it was good. You're welcome. <laughs> I ended up telling her because she's like having me try to call plays. I'm like, yeah, Andrew told me. We're on a delay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> fun weekend this past weekend, dude. It was kind of a roller coaster for me. Um, and we were supposed, my fiance and I were supposed to go to a wedding on Friday, but unfortunately, hung out with, well, unfortunately, it was good to see him, but hung out with a buddy from college Thursday night, and my fiance and I are about to leave for the wedding on Friday, like two hours before we leave, I get a call from him, he goes, hey, I just tested positive for COVID. I was like, oh, great, awesome. <laughs> so we, unfortunately, you know, out of respect for our friend or family, we didn't end up going to the wedding, which sucked. Um, but on the bright side of things, I did get it to squeeze. You know, I quarantined and went fishing for two days. So fishing was uh, a pack full of big largemouth on Saturday and then got out in the big water on Sunday, got into a nice bag of smallmouth. And uh, so it sucked because I couldn't go see my friend get married, but there was some plus to the weekend. And, we got, and I filmed both days, so they're coming to you guys. Awesome. Yeah, that, that <laughs> pond is fun, isn't it? It, it is a lot of fun. Lake or whatever they call it. Well, we'll, we'll keep it at that. <laughs> so, no, either way, it was uh, it was a good weekend. And it sounded like uh, you had a good and bad weekend, uh, but the Bills won, so it's always a good weekend for Bills Mafia. Yeah, I went fishing, ate a lot of clams, funeral, wedding, Bills game, guide trip. So, well, guide trip Friday. So I was busy as could be, and now I. Work the next two days. I think I'm fishing with Destin on Thursday. Nice. Might get out and film a little bit Friday morning. And then our tournament Saturday, guide trips Sunday, Monday. Yeah, it's going to look like a rainy one on Saturday. Yeah, that's fine. Let it rain. Yeah. I don't care. 
doesn't bother me. I ain't afraid. I ain't, I ain't scared. I ain't so, scared. <laughs> we got a really cool episode today, guys. We're uh, bringing back our buddy, Mr. Jacob Fouts, who just qualified for the Bassmaster Elite Series. Uh, we're, so we're super jacked up for him and uh, pumped up to uh, get him on the show to dive into the three tournaments that he qualified for through uh, the Bassmaster Opens. And uh, obviously catch up and see what's going on and kind of see and a look into the mind of a guy who just, you know, finally, you know, got his dream, right? Now he used to go fish the elites. What's going to go through his brain? What are the next steps? We're going to dive into that. But uh, really fast, before we bring Jacob on, because he's probably getting impatient waiting out there in the queue, uh, we have uh, our give our last, no, our second to last giveaway for the Hobie Eyewear Shades next Monday that we're going to be running. But in November, if you guys are looking for some stocking stuffers for uh, Christmas coming up, uh, for holidays, birthdays, whatever, or if you're, if you're just genuinely looking for quality shades uh, at a discounted price, we are um, Hobie Eyewear. We uh, had a discussion with them recently. In November, we'll get you guys the dates. We will be having a 30, I think it's a 35% off sale. Uh, so you guys can go and get $100 shades for 65 bucks, which... You know, you get that's getting the bang for your buck there. So we'll be oh, yeah. keeping you guys up to date on when that's going to run. We'll be you guys the code. Uh, we'll talk. Be sure to remind you guys on shows and uh, make sure you guys have all the things you need to go and get yourself some shades or use it as a perfect Christmas gift. But Andy, anything else before we bring on Jacob here? Oh, let's get him out. Let's do it, Mister Jacob Fats. What's going on, dude? Hey, before we get started, I just got one thing to say. Go Browns, baby. What was that? Go Browns, baby. That's fine. That's fine, you say. I, I, I have no issue with the Browns. I mean, it's good. The NFL is a better place when the Browns and the Bills are winning. So that, that is fine with me. I do have to uh, give a, a quick shout-out to my dad, who is – a diehard Oregon Ducks fan, but the biggest uh, NFL bandwagoner. It's basically wherever an Oregon quarterback goes, he's a fan of that team. So he's a huge Herbert fan. So shout out to that. That was an insane game, by the way, the Chargers and the Browns. That had to been the highest scoring game in like the past 10 years. Leave it like to the 47 to 45. Leave it, leave it to the Cleveland Browns to be the first team in history to score 40 points and have over. 500 yards of offense and still lose the game. <laughs> yeah. the defense, Brown's doing brown things. That's what I'm that's what I'm gonna stick with. All I'm gonna say but how does the Browns defense give up that many points? They're supposed to be one of the best in the league. I don't know. I, I mean I guess in our defense we're missing quite a few guys, but still yeah, I mean yeah. you should win every game once in no matter how bad your defense is. I agree. <laughs> All I'm going to say is a Browns and Bills AFC championship would be awesome. In Buffalo. Because it's going to have to go through Buffalo now. We have the easiest schedule remaining in the NFL. Hey, all I'm going to say is Bills do not have the best track record, so I would not jinx yourself. Neither do the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is fair. This is fair. <laughs> hope so. It'll be fun regardless. <laughs> well, buddy, obviously, first and foremost, congratulations on qualifying for the Bassmaster Elite Series. I know 
we had you on the show a long way back uh, before even Andrew was a co-host on this thing. Uh, I know, obviously, that was the goal for you. That was goal number one. You were guiding on Chickamauga back then, and I know you're still doing that now. Uh, so it's cool to watch your, your dream come true, and now you've, you've qualified for the Bassmaster Elite Series. So I guess my first question for you, dude, is like, have you had the time to process it yet? No, I'm not really. I mean, it still really hasn't sunk in yet. It's, you know, it's, it's still kind of unbelievable to me at the, at the time. I, I know, I never really thought I could do it this young in my, you know, this early in my career. I'm just 23, and uh, you know, I never, never dreamed the year would play out like it did. I mean, it was one of those years where everything that went right went right, and you know, everything that gone wrong didn't go wrong it was just one of those you know kind of dream years we had there in the summer it just you know everything went the way it was supposed to hey, so i know obviously you know you came through the college ranks uh you obviously you had goals in college to make the championship and then from the championship to make the bracket win the bracket you did that and then your next goal coming out of that was hey i'm gonna go make the elite series well you've done that so now, like, what what's next step? Like, what is the the goal on your mind? Oh man, obviously, I want to win. I want to do good on Elysers. I, I'd like to win. I'd like to win the AOI. You know, I'd like to win. I'd like to win the classic, and you know, I'd like to win an Elite Series event. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess that's the next step. That's really the. That's really what's next for me. Hopefully, we can. Hopefully, we can do that sometime in my career. We'll see. But you know, I'm really really excited to to get over there and improve myself that I can I can compete on that level I, you know it's gonna be a big challenge but I, I really enjoy the competition and re- really look looking forward to to try to prove myself against those guys heck yeah dude so we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive into the three opens that you qualify for the elites through um but like yeah, I just gotta say, like, have you had a chance to at least like go and look down that that Southern AOI for the division to see the names that you outbeat? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It, it, I've I've had this conversation with a lot of a lot of people, guys, past few years, and you know, with my buddies, and you know, you can make the you can make the argument that the opens are just as tough, if not tougher, than the Elite Series itself. You know, you got all the good up and coming guys. You got all the good. You know, you got a bunch of elite series guys out there. You know, you got a bunch of really, really good locals, and you got the guys from the BPT and the pro circuit that want to, you know, or maybe trying to jump over to elite series or whatever. And you know, they're all in it. So, I mean, you can you can make the argument that the that the opens are definitely just as tough as the elite series are. Yeah, it's it, it was pretty crazy, and like uh, especially obviously one looking at bash track, but then also kind of following along on leaderboard and guys are weighing in. Uh, just the amount of freaking hammers that are fishing these things now. Uh, and you're not the first person. That's, a, that's been a popular statement, I feel like, in the past year or two. I mean, really since, um, I think, you know, COVID hit, right? Because it's all those, the, what was the, un, not unemployment, but like all the, what, am I, what term am I looking for here, Andrew? Basically giving guys like, I use it all on fishing tackle. What, what was it? Yeah, it'd be like a would it be like a stimulus, like a fishing. Yeah, the stimulus. stimulus. That's what I was looking for. I know, I I know a lot of guys that use that to pay off their their opens entry fees. So it's like I feel like there was this big burst in one participation, but then I guess just with the whole shift and you know the uncertainty of certain trails, like 
I feel like the like to your point, Jacob. I feel like a lot of a lot of guys went over just to at least start competing in the opens, just because why not? But, oh yeah, it you know it's, it's definitely as tough as it gets. If you can't if you can catch them on the opens, you can you can just about get, catch them anywhere. I, I believe. Yeah, wasn't there like two hundred and nineteen boats at Smith? Uh, I think there was two hundred nineteen. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think that's what the Ooh. number was. It's pretty crazy, the numbers. I mean, they speaking from the Northerns. I know on Oneida, there was like 207, which for 200 boats on Oneida is I don't know how they fit there. Yeah, you're playing bumper boats. That's what you're doing. It's <laughs> basically yeah, it, what it was. It's, it's crazy, that many boats. It's it's wild. It's, it definitely adds a, adds a tougher aspect. You get that many boats out there. It's definitely everyone, – everyone takes their hot lap around the lake in three days. It definitely tightens up a little bit. <laughs> yeah well well dude let's uh let's start from you know tournament number one on the harris chain back in march you know walk us through you know what went down uh how you found your success and obviously you know you were the second most consistent dude uh in the the southern open so we want to hear you know term to tournament and start with harris chain how to go like yeah. practice the tournament yeah uh the harris chain you know i got I got pretty lucky in that one i had a really I didn't have a great practice by any means. I figured I could catch like, like 12 pounds, which, you know, in Florida isn't, is not very good. And, but that week the fishing was tough. So I figured with 12 pounds a day, I'd probably get close to maybe getting a check if I got lucky. You know, it, I didn't really have high expectations for a tournament. I was just kind of going fishing. And, uh, first morning of the tournament, I rolled up to the, to what I thought was my best place. And, like my fourth cast or something, I caught one that was close to eight and I'm like, Oh, all right. It's about to go down. And next cast, I catch a two pounder. I'm like, all right, all right. It's about to happen. And, uh, I think I caught one more keeper off that place and, uh, never had another bite there the rest of the tournament. So that, you know, that first day I caught three real, real, real quick. And, uh, I think I was in it like, I don't know, I was in it like four o'clock probably that day. I went until two o'clock without another bite. And, uh, and yeah, I got lucky. I pulled up on one place and I caught two keepers real quick. And I think I ended up weighing, I think I weighed 15 even, I think, that first day, which had me like in the low, high 20s or low 30s. I can't, I can't really remember. I was in, I was in range, I was in check range. So I knew I needed to catch. I probably need to catch 12 or 13 second, second day if I want to get a check. And that's the second day of that term is kind of where, I, where my year, you know, just like I was saying, everything that that's, that can go right starts going right for you. I, second day, I, I knew I didn't have much at that point. The, the, you know, the hole I started on the first day dried up on me. And I was just kind of fishing that second day, and I rolled up and was fishing a, was fishing a shell bed. And at the mouth of this canal, and uh, I was I'm the first cast on the show bed. I you know, dragged back, and on the other side of the canal, like three biggins up chasing a big, a big shiner. And I'm like, oh gosh! And I fired my worm over there, and I caught a caught a six pounder. I'm like, all right, there's a big one I needed for the day. And so I'm like, well, I said, let me let me troll over and, and just see if there's any more. And I went over there, and buddy, it was the mother load. I'm talking. 40 or 50 of them and they were all big and uh 
I could see them all over on my live scope, my 360, and I couldn't get them to bite after that. I mean, there were so many down there. I was like, I could feel my worm hitting them as I'm, as I'm dragging through that. And, you know, I'm pulling rods out of the rod locker, trying to figure out something to get them to fire. And I couldn't, I fished there for another hour. Never, never could get them going. So I left and went, went fish a place. I commented, I think I had uh, 13 or 14 pounds at that point. I was in a little earlier that day and I told my co, I'm like, the only way I'm going to make the top 10 is if I can go back and get them fish to bite. And, uh, I rolled up there and it just, for whatever, why I didn't think of this first time I was there, I had a, the jerk bait I was throwing it, it only ran like three or four foot deep because I was fishing around grass. I wanted a shallower one so I could keep it out of the grass a little better. These, these fish on the show bed were like 10 foot deep. So I'm like, Hey dummy, why don't you tie on a jerk bait that runs a little deeper? So I tied on a mega bass, just a just a regular one ten, and uh, fired it out there and watched it come back on the live scope and jerked it over top of them. Here they come, they start rolling all over all over it, and I hook one that was like six or seven. Get into the boat and he comes off. Oh. And I fire back in there, hook another one, six or seven. I, I I actually snagged this one inside. Fight it, fight it, fight it. I go in the seat to grab her and she digs under the boat one more time and comes off. I'm like, gosh, I, like I was sick. Like I was getting ready to throw it. Like I, like I was sick. Cause I'm, cause that's how, you know, years past, that's what's plagued me in the past is, is losing fish like that. And I was kind of like, man, you gotta be kidding me. This isn't happening again. And, uh, but something just told me, you know, calm yourself down and get back with it. There's enough fish here. You just catch two of them. You're going to have a big bag. And this school of minnow swam by the boat that was like, had like a green back and was kind of translucent. I'm like, I said, all right, bet I got a drink that looks just like that. And I tied it on another mega bass, fired it out there in the first two casts. I catch a six and a six. <laughs> and I ran out of time. I weighed like 23 and, 23 and a half, I think, the second day. And I jumped all the way up to second after that deal. And I'm like, all right, there's no way I'm not winning this tournament. I'm going to go back to the last day. I'm going to sit on them all day. I'm going to blast them. You know, I'm going to catch 30. But, uh, it got cloudy and nasty and that is not the deal in florida they like they like that sun and uh, i went back there the last day and they were gone i think i caught 10 pounds off that hole and that was that's what i ended up weighing that day i stayed there i stayed there way too long looking back but that's all i had really so i i just held out hope that they would roll up there at some point and they never did i i felt a fourth which i was plenty happy with after the practice i had i knew it it gave me a good shot for the elite series anyway if I could just catch him in the, in the next two. And that's, that's how that one went. I mean, to your comment of, yeah. I mean, dude, to your comment of, you know, looking back on it on that last day of staying too long in that area, I don't think I blame you at all. If that's what you saw and you're talking largemouth. I mean, it kind of blows my mind. At these, yeah. I mean, it blows my mind that these largemouth move that much because, they sound yeah. like smallies. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like smallmouth. Yeah, the Florida fish act just like act just like smallmouth. I mean, they love the sun. I mean, they. I mean, it's just something about. It. I don't know what they. They. they I guess they just scatter when they get them clouds because they were. I mean, I'm talking. They were gone. That's insane, dude. Yeah, Kyle says I think eight out of people, eight out of ten people would have stayed after seeing all that. Yeah, I think that you. <laughs> 
I want to know what the two people that wouldn't have stayed would have done because now I think that's more a more important topic. (laughs) What would you do? (laughs) I don't know if I saw if I lost two seven pounders and then saw that and then caught two sixes. I mean, yeah, I'm probably gonna be there for a while, especially if I see some fish. And if you get bit, it just makes you stay even longer because at any oh, yeah. point they could roll up. So I mean, that that takes guts to sit there and roll, roll. But at that point too, the worst you can fall to is tenth, right? Was that something that was going through your head? Be like, well, I'm already made the top ten for this tournament. I'm in day three. I could win it or drop to tenth, but I still have good elite series points. Was that part of your thinking too, Jake? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I really wanted to win. So, I mean, I knew on that place that was my only shot. And like, I, you know, like you're saying, the worst, worst I could do is fall to 10. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, the only, my only shot at winning is if I sit here, sit here the rest of the day. So that's, that's what I did. I like it. Yeah. I, uh, Andrew, total sidebar here. Uh, my headphones just notified me that my low battery, I totally forgot to charge my headphones again. So, I was might that the third to... time? Second time. Second time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I might have to plug in my other mic so you might have to take over here for a minute or two. But oh, oh, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, so, dude, moving on to Douglas. Um, back, that was back in – that was that April? April, minute. Yeah, let's walk through that one. Yeah, uh, Douglas was a lot of the same, actually. Uh, practice wasn't wasn't that good, that great. And then right at the end of practice, I found them piled up offshore and I was catching them on a, on a six XD. I only had like three big schools of fish and I, I was pretty sure everyone else found them too. So, uh, I, you know, I kind of held out hope that maybe those guys would find them, but they're too good. I knew otherwise. And, you know, I knew the weather coming in might, might jack them up a little bit. It got really cold there. The few nights of that tournament, it was in like the, the high thirties, low forties there every morning. I figured it would probably mess them up, and I, the the very first day of practice I was there, I I found a few a few smallmouth I could, I thought I might catch if I get in get in a bind, um, but I didn't really I didn't really try to I didn't think I could win win on smallmouth, so I didn't really try to uh, try to push push finding a, a bunch more of that stuff. Looking back, I wish I would have, but you know practice wasn't great. I didn't really have high expectations going into the tournament. I figured if I could get those deep fish to bite, I could have a good shot at winning if, if no one else found them. But you know how that goes. Everyone else found them. And pretty much, I think I caught, I caught three out deep the, the first day of the tournament. And I scrambled and caught a limit there the, the first day. And I think I had like 10 pounds and we were getting towards the end of the first day. And I said, oh, let me go try them smallmouth real quick. I had one, one big flat that had a bunch of big rock on it. It was anywhere from three to three to ten foot deep out there. And uh I went out there, I was just throwing a little a little med rig dragging it around and I caught I don't know, I caught four I think I caught four smallmouth out there the, the first day. Called called pretty much everything I had in uh and I think I weighed thirteen something. Yeah. And then the thirties again I think and I'm like well, I'm gonna go smallmouth fish all day tomorrow. I think I can probably, I think I can probably catch more than what I had. And I was catching them, I was catching them on a mag draft too, a little bit. And seemed like that bite was going away, but I, I didn't even really do it in the the first day of the tournament. Just 
I don't know why. Looking back, it was kind of dumb. But, you know, the second day I went and caught four, four decent smallmouth. I think I had like four that went like 10 pounds. And after I caught four keepers, it kind of dried up. And I'm just like, well, I'm just going to go fish now, I guess. I don't, I don't know what else to do. I'm not going to sit here and try to catch a fifth. I, I knew I needed a big one if I wanted to make the top 10 again. So I was just like, I'm going to go spin this mag draft around for the first, for a while. And, you know, I went first back and I went down, I caught a four and a half pound large mouth. And I'm like, well, that was lucky again. And I weighed, I think I weighed 14 and a half the second day. And, uh, I tied for the, tied for the tennis spot, but lost the tiebreaker, um, which kind of sucked, but, <laughs> that is what it is. Uh, it, you know, like I was saying, it just it was one of those tournaments. Everything, everything went right. I mean, like I said, I had nothing, nothing really in practice that I was too excited. I kind of, I just kind of went fishing again, and you know, having an eleventh place finish, I'm like, all right, now, now I got the lead in the points. So I'm like, now I got one more tournament for to one of my biggest dreams. I had to sit there until sit there until a few weeks ago i said april to april to september i had to sit there and think about it every single day yeah i mean as yeah as much as it sucks to not you know not make it to day three i mean looking at the long you know the the long scheme of things i mean you still have to feel pretty good about it oh yeah i was i definitely felt good about it. i knew just one more one more tournament i could probably do it um like i said it was definitely tough I think I only had one more tournament in between those two. In between Douglas and uh, Norman, I had Central Open at Pick Week in between those, so I had a long time off, which I, I thought, I thought was kind of a bad thing because I was on a roll. I'm like, usually when you get on a roll, you, you just, you know, you keep going. Right. I was kind of, I'd have such a big layoff that it, that might, might mess me up a little bit, but it, it didn't. Yeah, so talk about – I mean, really fast, because Douglas isn't a lake I'm familiar with in whatsoever. Uh, you know, I've watched some videos of guys fishing it, but, like, when it comes to how that place sets up, I don't have the slightest clue. So, like, you mentioned how you have these, these schools offshore. I mean, what, what specifically offshore uh, – maybe it's a contour thing, maybe it's a cover thing that you're looking for, like, shell bars or maybe brush piles or whatever. What are you, what are you looking for? Yeah, you're just looking for shell beds out there. Douglas is kind of weird because it's kind of like a mix between a, it's a, like a mix between a Tennessee River and like a, like a Highland Reservoir that's deep and rocky. It's like a mix between that almost. It's kind of weird, and the fish up there are really weird. They'll get out like, like thirty foot deep in April. Like here at home, here at Chig, they don't do that until, you know, end of May, first of June. They don't get out that deep. The fish at Douglas will spawn really, really early and get out, get out deep really quick, and uh, it, it, so it's weird. It's, it's kind of a kind of a mixture. You can do just a little bit of everything. It's kind of like I'm trying to think of a lake that the Elite Series or MLF guys fish all the time. That's kind of comparable to it. It's kind of like a it's it's almost like an Ozark Lake almost. Hmm. Okay. If, if you've ever been out there, it's, no. <laughs> it, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a hybrid between a river system and a, and a highland reservoir that's deep and clear. 
you know, and it's got got all she's in it. So I mean, you can really do whatever you want. So is it like, so if you run a specific contour and you find show on that, is it like you can kind of run that same deal and it'll you can kind of almost keep uh, running that pattern. It almost becomes a pattern then if you find specific, yeah. like, similar contours like that, or is it just like you're just graphing random stuff hoping to find show? Pretty much me. I just kind of graph whatever random stuff to hope to find a show, but I'm not, like I said, I'm just looking for the fish themselves. So I'm, I'm idling every kind of regularity, every high spot, every hump point, anything that would that I think should hold a group of fish. And you're just kind of looking through everything because those fish, had, I had a school that was 30 foot deep. I had a school that was 15 foot deep and another one that was like 20. So, I mean, they were in all depth ranges. You just had to find them. That's hmm. super it's, interesting to me, especially fishing that deep in April. I mean, I could, I could yeah, see it for like a – I, I mean, I'm also speaking just from a New York state of mind in the fact that, like, I'm thinking smallmouth all the time. So, like, it makes sense for us in smallmouth, but, uh, like, I'm thinking down south in April, I mean, you think they're getting up on the bank by then. Yeah, there were still a bunch of fish on the uh, tournament was was one. I think the fish, there, there was still a bunch of largemouth spawning here and there. I didn't catch any largemouth spawning. I caught the smallmouth spawning, though, on the – on them deep flats because it was it was easy but it, like I said Douglas is just a weird weird place sounds like it not, hmm. what's that sorry you're breaking up no I, I said Douglas is definitely not my my favorite lake on the in the TVA chain <laughs> well let's let's move on to uh, the last one which I think. Well, I mean, obviously, speaking here, I mean, it's obviously the most stressful one for you because it's the only thing standing. It's the two-day standing in your way of uh, qualifying for the Bassmaster Elite Series. And uh, I do have one comment on that, but I want to I wanna hear you walk through, uh, through Norman before I uh, point this out. Yeah, so, so I don't usually do this. I don't usually pre-practice for tournaments. Uh, uh, it's just something I've never really done. But I, I I went out to Norman two weeks before the tournament started and just kind of rode around and graphed and try to try to get an idea of what was going on before I got out there. I've been to been had been to Norman before and it's wasn't my favorite lake. I'm not real real fond of places that have that many dogs. It's just it's intimidating almost, especially because tournaments like that seem to get dominated by dogs. But you know, like I said, I just have a hard time with there being so many. Of you know, where where do you start on something like that? But you know, I went out there and pre pre practice and just kind of rode around and try to get a get a feel what was for what was going on. And I did that, but I tried to take that like a grain of salt because I figured in two weeks something would definitely definitely change. And uh, it turns out it really didn't that much. What I a lot of what I found in pre practice was still good. Come come the time I started practice. For, for the Norman tournament, you know, I had, a, I had an okay practice. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I, I figured I could do well, um, but I didn't really know what to expect. I never caught any, any great big ones in practice. You know, I didn't, I didn't fish for them real hard. Um, I just kind of, I did a lot of graphing in practice for that one because it, it seemed like most of the fish were out, were out deep on, on brush or rock. 
And uh, so I just spent most of my time time graphing around, trying to find as many rough bottles and rock bottles as I could. And, uh, you know, it, in practice, it got rainy and, you know, we got a bunch of rain and cloudy and they didn't really, they didn't really bite that great out deep there the last few days of practice. And it kind of, kind of worried me a little bit, but I figured I could get enough bites. I figured if I could catch, I figured if I could catch nine or 10 pounds a day, I could probably, that would probably be enough to make the elite series. So I figured I could do that. Um, it's just, if, it's just if I landed the bites I got and, you know, the first day, um, try to remember how this went. I can't hardly remember. It's all a whirlwind. Um, I, I think I caught, I caught, I caught a little limit, like six or seven pounds, which on Norman is, is easy to do because them spots are skinny and they don't weigh much when you catch one most of the time. But, you know, I had 60 or 70 places I thought I could catch one. So really I was just running, you know, I'd pull up on a spot and make, make no more than 10 casts and I was gone to the next one. And, uh, I called up a couple of times. I got to like eight and a half, what I ended up weighing like eight and a half and, I'm like, I need, I need one big and, and I'll, I'll put myself in good shape. And right there at the end of the day, um, I, I found an old boat actually. And, I I rolled up there and I could see him sitting on it on live scope and I flipped my drop shot out there and I missed one first cast. I reeled it in and fixed my stuff and flipped it back out there. And I picked up one was just sitting there with it and I pulled and it didn't move and it just took off. And I'm like, gosh, that ain't no bass. I said, that's probably catfish. And, uh, it took off again. I'm like, ah, that ain't no catfish. I said, it might be a striper. And, uh, I, I fought it and fought it and got it to the top. And it's like a, it's like a four pound spot. And I'm like, gosh, that's a big one for Norman. Oh, that's, that's, that's like a, that's like a seven or eight pounder everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's gold right there. That was a bar of gold. And, uh, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, yeah, that's my lead series fish right there. I'm like, that fish right there, that's the one. That's what I needed right there. And I I get her to the side of the boat, and she's just laying there. And I reach down there to scoop her, and I get my hand under, and she jump, like, jumps right up at my face. And drop shot comes flying out, and she went back in the lake. And, oh. I, you know, I've never – hate to admit this, I've never cried on the water before, but I cried a little bit right then and there because I figured that I figured that was it right there. I'm like, that's my – that's my one lifetime shot at the elite series right there. And I just let her swim back to the bottom of the lake. I was, you, you can ask the guys I was staying with. I was pretty, I was pretty devastated there after the first day. Cause I was in like, I think I was in 80th place after the first time I dropped, I dropped all the way to eighth in points. And, uh, I'm like, Oh my, God. you know, I was devastated. Like I was tore up pretty bad. I, I was pretty, I was mad. I was, you know, I was, I had all the emotions, but I, composed myself there towards the end of the night and i was like listen you only got to make up 38 points you know you only got to make up 38 places weights are really really tight and uh you know, i just told myself if you catch you know if you catch what bites the second day i think you can do it and uh you know we get out there the second day and it's uh, can i can i interject here for a second yeah yeah so i i just want to mention i opened up i was uh, fished a tournament the same day that you were going out for day two, and I'm opening up my Instagram story the morning of day two, and there's a story that says, right, it was from you, and it was basically sucked yesterday, not going to suck today. And I just want to say, 
baller shot called, and I'll just let you complete the rest <laughs> of your story. Well, you know, it's weird. I posted that, but it's like, like I knew it was going to happen. It's really I had to had to feel like it was going to happen if I just stuck with it. I knew, like, it's hard to explain, dude. It's yeah, I just had that feeling. I've had it. Had it a few times. I've had it. I had it when we won the the college national championship, and I had it when I won the bracket. And you know that was really the first time I felt it since then. And uh, you know, I went out to the second day, and it. Oh gosh, it was such a grind. I I, I caught two like pretty much back to back at nine o'clock, two deep keepers, and then I didn't have another bite until two thirty. You know, I was. In, I think I was in at four fifty the second day. So I'm like, well, it's now or never. Can I give myself a pep talk? I'm like, it's now or never. Make it happen. But I, you know, deep down, I never, I never panicked. Nothing. Like I knew it was going to happen. It's really weird. I don't know. Most people they go that long without a bite. They say they hit the panic button. You know, it's, I don't know. It's really weird. And I, I pulled up to a place I hadn't fished all week. Was sitting on two, and I fire out there and I catch a three and a half pounder. I'm like, all right. All right, that that'll work. Like, <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> catch you two more. I went to the next spot, caught another keeper. Next spot, caught another keeper. So I caught a limit. I think I caught a limit by three o'clock. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, you know, I went. I told my co because uh, you know I I I guess give a big thanks to my co the second day. He actually he actually sat down and quit fishing because uh, he. Cause he knew how close I was, you know, he, he sat down and got out of the way and I can't even begin to say how, what a, what a class act. I most respect for that guy. Yeah. yeah. And he sat down and was, was being my cheerleader pretty much. And, uh, you know, I, same rock pile. I had fit that I caught the three and a half on. I had fished it. I had fished it four or five times that day. Cause I could see a bunch on it, you know, on my live scope and, I caught that big one, so I'm like, well, there must, there's probably more big ones there. So I'm like, coming back down the lake, it's like 4 o'clock. And, yeah, I whipped it in there, but I had been fishing it the same way that, you know, the three three other times I fished it or however many times I fished it, I pulled up and was throwing the same way. So I'm like, well, let me let me throw at him a different way this time and see if that makes a difference. And I fired my fired my swim bait out there. I was catching them on a 3-3 a Kytec on a quarter-ounce head. I was – well, I was live scoping all of them for the most part. You know, I fired it out there and come blinding it across the top. And like six of them come up and started following it. And they were just following it, following it, following it. And I kind of, kind of gave up on them. And I turned my head to look at a boat because my swim bait was coming up to the top at that point. And it, it just went dunk and just sat there. And I'm like, I pulled and it just took off. And I'm like, told my co, I'm like, if that's a bass, I said, that's the one. I said, that's the one right there and fodder, fodder, fodder. And it was a big, big old spot. It was like a four pounder. I get her and grabbed her and had a little moment there. And <laughs> I knew that was it. Dude, so you're saying you cried twice in the same weekend on the boat. Times the second day. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel I feel all of that. I would have, I think I would have been in the same situation, emotionally and mentally. So kudos to you to pulling it out, man. That's sure. awesome. Congrats. Yeah. You know, like I said, it everything that that was supposed to go right went right, and it, I had it 
I had it every time I needed to have it. And it just, you know, one of those years that you had, you, you got to have to make the elite series really. When it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. Kept telling myself, you know, people, people kept telling me, I'm like, all the five months I had to wait, they're like, man, man, don't think about it. I'm like, yeah, that's easy for you to say, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Well, dude, there, there's there's something to be said about getting, you know, lucky bites, having that size shit up there. But there's also something to be said for putting yourself in position for that to happen. Like, there's one thing between one guy catching, you know, an eight-pounder and getting really lucky. But then there's something to be said for it consistently happening. You know, that, that just means good preparation and putting yourself in the right spot. I mean, that's yep. – sure, it's like – it's – that's what you've heard time and time again of guys saying, you know, it's the amount of preparation you put yourself to be in in order to get lucky. So when luck does come around, you're ready for it. And that's just, it's a testament to you putting the work in, dude. I mean, that's. Heck yeah. It's, it's badass. So yeah. again, congrats. Hey, this, but, is so, this is all I've ever wanted to do in my whole life. So I've worked, worked hard to try to put my position possible. And, you know, I just, yeah, it happened. What happened? It just, yeah, it's just—it's so crazy. I don't know. It just proves when you work hard at something, um, thing good things will happen. So, yeah, little statement—you can do anything you put your mind to. And I've always told my that I could do this. And sure enough, here I am. I've you know I've made the classic now. I've qualified for the elite series. Everything I told myself I could do, I've done so far. And, Hopefully we can we can do the same once we get to the elite series. So, heck yeah, dude. Well, like, so I have one question, and then we're gonna we're gonna move on from the opens and start talking elites here. Um, so I just one takeaway from that last catch that you had. So you said you looked away to look at a boat, and that's when you got bit. Do mm-hmm. you do you think maybe it was like a subconscious, like when you looked over, your real handle slowed, and that's what made them trigger, or was it like? Got closer to the boat and it was just rod tip dropped. Yeah, what do you, what do you think made him bite there? I don't. I can't tell you. I don't, dude. It's just one of those bites. <laughs> like when it's your time, it's your time. Boom! <laughs> bait was coming up, and I'd kind of given up on him biting it, so I quit. I stopped watching, and I just turned my head. You know, as soon as I turned my head, it just I saw it went dunk and just went the other way. It's like a top water bite. You can never get bit unless you look away. Exactly. Or answer a phone call. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always when you're least prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, dude, so look, uh, I, I take that back. I do have a couple more questions on the opens. Uh, and it's nothing too crazy, but it's more of uh, I, I want to ask you, you know, to look back on the, the three opens and think about something you did really well. And obviously, the you know, the clear answer here is that you made the elites one. You were the top three most consistent. But, like, I want you to look back, whether maybe it's mental or maybe it's a an adjustment you made. What do you think you did well throughout the three opens? And then think about one thing that you would have either done differently or an adjustment that you made thinking about it now that you should have made in one of the three opens. Can I do one thing before I answer that? I need to get my charger for my computers. It's a total rookie move. My computer's about to die. Oh, dude, you're okay. I mean, my headphones are about to die. <laughs> well, I think this is a good time for both of you to get a recharge. I think this is uh, Andy's solo segment brought to you by Green Tackle. 
Or Bates. <laughs> or Bates, yeah. Talk about that, Andrew, while I swap out my microphone. <laughs> well, you know, I got some got some cool goodies here. Um, recently, I placed an order because there's been a killer crankbait bite. So I guess this could be like Andy's tackle tip moment of the day. Um, so I got some cool little things in, you know, some hard-to-find OSP EXDRs, some 5XDs. A very underrated smallmouth color, Western Clown. Treble hooks, because you always replace your trebles. But what I'm most excited about, because I love drop shot fishing, it's got some Ryugi fog shot TCs. These are super sharp, Jake. I don't know if you have a hook sponsor, but I um, I took these out of the package earlier, and I almost put it through my finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, super sharp. But yeah. How do I sound? Do I sound okay? Yes. All right, cool. Are you using that mic that you can hear everything going on in the background? No, no. So that mic is currently really? sitting over in the corner of the room, needed to be sent back to Amazon <laughs> because uh, – So, folks, like I've been doing this podcast thing for over two years, but that doesn't mean that I know like – equipment wise what to use i know how to talk to a camera and click like record and i know how to click upload and that's about as far as my knowledge goes so when i had this money saved by a, a, a mic uh deacon is going to help me out and get the right mic but i got a mic to like pick up everything in the circumference of around so i literally picked up conversations oh we lost jake uh yeah. from two rooms away but I, yeah i was looking for a mic that's only just gonna entrap you know here but sound clear to the phone. we got to put you in a bubble with that mic so everything's just inside the bubble yeah and see this is this is deacon's <laughs> knowledge versus mine so deacon is very knowledgeable in the technology and the equipment to you so he's like oh hey do you have hardwood floors and i was like that's a weird question and i was like uh yeah and he goes that could also be why like your some of the audio sometimes can be kind of uh they're echoey or what have you and i was like i did not think about that because it's like uh, reverbing off of it. Yeah, I just expect things to work because I'm a, you know, my generation. Simple, simple thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, so so Jake, now that we got you back, buddy, uh, one thing you did really well in the opens, and then you know one adjustment or one thing you you think you could have done better. Uh, you know, the last few years I've worked really hard, try to work really hard on the mental side of things. Um, I think you get to a certain point where your physical capability as far as your casting and, and you know, your physical skill, you, it only, only goes so far. You get to the same level as everyone else and everyone just kind of, everyone's on the same level at that point. You know, I've, I've always said fishing's, fishing's 90% mental and 10% physical capability. And, you know, in years past, I've kind of let, let bad breaks kind of, you know, spin me out a little bit and you know just having a bad practice i let it kind of dictate my tournament and so I, you know i've worked really hard the last last few years to try to just get myself in a better mental state when i show up to these tournaments and i don't you know i don't try to worry about what i can't control anymore you know, the weather you know all that stuff i don't practice you know it's I, i've just kind of it's it's you know it's weird it's, it's hard to to, to to describe in a way it's it's just one of those things that you just i've 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 got my confidence 
back again. That makes sense, really. That's for for a few years there. The year I won the bracket, and after that, I kind of lost lost all my confidence midway through the through the opens in eighteen that year. And I kind of it took me a long time to get it back. Really, really, last year I started getting my confidence back again, and uh, you know, just this year I I felt like I was going to catch them every single day. It's you know, it's just one of those deals. I just I kept a positive my kept a positive attitude towards everything, and yeah, it's it's crazy the way it works out when you when you do that. It, you know, you just you you fish free if, if that makes sense. You know, you don't you're not. Yeah. You have no expectations or anything like that. You just you just fishing, you know. I'm, like I can't tell you how many times, you know, just like those, like like in Florida when when I pulled up on that shell bed to to fish for that what I thought was a group of fish on the one side, but they come up on the other side. I hadn't fished that shell bed all week. It was just kind of a just a kind of a gut decision. I just kind of trust my trusted my my decisions again and. Yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy how how it's worked out. I, you know what that that tournament in Florida, all the confidence in the world again, and I've had such a such a good year this year. And you know, like I said, I think I think that's been the biggest biggest player. Just 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 my mental mental state from years past. I'm, I'm you know I try to stay as positive as I can be, and you know I don't get too hot. I try not to get too low, and you know just kind of go with the flow. Um, but you know, one, one thing I think I can improve on a little bit. I think I'm still I'd still like to get better at practicing. I still don't quite feel like I'm a great practicer for tournaments if that makes practicer I don't know that word. From like a like a time management standpoint or in what in what regard? Just I I think that the amount of water I cover kind of it, it's hard to say I had something here. I don't you know I'm trying to I, you know, I, I don't feel like I could have done a whole lot better this year as far as in the in the Southern Opens. I mean, I had if I land the if I land the four pounder at Norman, I pretty I, I'm pretty close to four or three top tens in that, in that division. That's that's really hard to do. I had such a such a good year. I don't really know know what I could have done better in the Southern Centrals. That's a different story. <laughs> Don't fish Smith. There you go. That's your solution. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> go to Smith Lake. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many different things that you can look on that you know do differently. But I think either way, what it comes down to, it's all learning lessons because one, you accomplish your goal, and that's all that really matters now. And now you get to set new goals uh, and new uh, learning lessons because now you get the Elite Series to look forward to which is pretty baller if I do say so myself because you're only 23 dude. And that's like me, my age making the elite series. And I'm like, I look at that and I'm like, there's no way in hell I could fish at that level. So that's pretty baller dude. Yeah. I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am. I never, I always thought I could do it. I could do it, but I never didn't figure I could do it at this, at this age after, you know, after I won a bracket and, Isaac and all that. I'm like, maybe I could, maybe I can do it a little younger than some people, but, um, yeah, it's just, I, I didn't, I didn't expect it to come quick. Cause this was kind of my first, first full year. I guess you could say 
really my first full year back in the open since 2018. I fished one division last year, but it, you know, that's not really a, right. a full year. Uh, Kyle Pillars asked who's the youngest on tour, and I think that's KJ Queen. KJ this year. It was KJ, right? Yeah, it was definitely KJ. I don't know who it's going to be next year. I figure it's me. I I don't know anyone younger. I know there's some guys close that qualify. Is KJ older? Is KJ older than you? KJ's older than me, yeah. I don't know why I thought KJ was like 21 or 22. I think he was. He's got a baby face. I think, he, I think he was 23 this year, if I remember. Remember, 23, 24, oh. and I'll be, be 23 when I, when I want to kick off this year. Yeah, I mean, dude, looking forward to next year. I mean, great segue here is, you know, what what are the next steps for you? What are the biggest things on the uh, Bassmaster Elite Series to-do list? I mean, I think my goals for the year would be I'd like to win rookie of the year, obviously. Um, I'd like to win AOI, you know, that's <laughs> I'd like to like to win every single one. But uh, being realistic, I just wanna I think I wanna qualify win rookie of the year. I think that's my, my two biggest goals for the year. I'm not gonna get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, man. I mean, looking at the off season, I mean what do you have uh what work is in store, whether on the water or off the water, that you got to get done before, you know, the uh, first tournament comes around in, I think, Feb- February? February? I think February. Yeah, I think so. February, second February. week. Yeah, I'm, yep, St. John's and Hurricaner back-to-back weeks are in February. Yeah, I got I got to find a new boat, and, you know, obviously we're going to try to work on, on – getting as much help as we can financially and, and stuff like that. So that's on the, on the to-do list. That's, you know, we're working on that right now as we speak. So, uh, you know, looking forward to that. I've never really had to, had to go through that. So I'm looking forward to that learning a little bit of a learning curve to get to, to do that side of the, the industry. I don't have a lot of experience doing that. So that, that'll be fun to uh, kind of learn of and, and, and see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, Talking uh, on the water for for next year. I mean, beyond the competition that you're going up against. I mean, what are what are some challenges? You know, whether it's maybe practice time or locations that you're going to go fish. I mean, what other challenges uh, are you looking at right now? Uh, I haven't been to. I've never been to St. John's. I've never been to Santee. I've never been to the to, I've never been to Fork. I've never been to Oahe. I've never been to the St. Lawrence. I've never been to the Mississippi River. So, I mean, really, it's just, you know, all the new fisheries I'm going to get to fish. Obviously, I've got, we've got two on there that I've spent a lot of time on in the Harris Chain and, and Chickamauga. So, I'm really looking forward to those. But, you know, I'm really kind of, I'm looking forward to getting to fish a whole bunch of new, a new, new water, you know. And I, you know, I think that's a good thing. Actually, you know, I'm not going to have any any preconceived notion of going into those. I can I can just show up and fish, not just just fish just the moment, fish the moment over there. You know, not try to get caught up in you know what I've done in the past or where I've caught them in the past and stuff like that. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Andrew, and say that Jacob's probably going to be on live when it comes to uh, the Lake Chickamauga tournament. Yeah, I would uh, I would take the over on that. 
I would probably put in your sponsor package, but I will be on Bassmaster Live <laughs> on these dates. <laughs> if you if you want your logo on at live, least day one, right? At least day one. I mean, yeah, for chick, I at least being on being on live all four days for that one, but it's a toss up on the rest of them. But I have full intentions on being being on live all four days at Chickamauga. Ah, boy. Uh, let's see. Kyle Pillars is asking, uh, what stop has he most excited beyond Chick and Harris Chain? Uh, the St. Lawrence, there's no doubt. I thought that was coming. I know you, we, we've chatted a bunch, and I know you have a soft spot for those brown fish. It might be the uh, the Ohio in you, but yeah, it is for sure. There's nothing I love more in this world more than smallmouth, and <laughs> I'm pretty uh, what's arguably number one smallmouth fishery in the world, so. Well, definitely looking forward. I'm looking forward to Fork, too. I really would like to go join the Century Club. That would be cool. That would be cool. I mean, you better pack, like, backup and backup and backups to your backup of props if they're sending you to Santee and Fork. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be a little tough equipment, too, so. Maybe a couple lower units and a couple extra all trexes or trolling motors yeah. whichever brand you use you'll Spare definitely need spares. yeah uh, <laughs> i've been known to, to mess up a few lower units in my in my days so perfect the best service trailer will love you even more <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well from what i've seen from from the guys that fish the tour especially in the opens is you better make good friends out of those guys if you take care of them They'll take care of you. I mean, dude, honest, honest truth, like, uh, and in just a couple of opens that I fished, they're probably one of the hardest working dudes I think I've been around to be. Oh, they They uh, definitely stay busy. That is for sure. They're, uh, they're we're, I'm, we're so appreciative. They do for us at the opens is, I mean, it's unreal. They keep us, keep us on the water. That's for sure. They, you know, they, they do a lot for us, and we, we surely do appreciate that. Heck yeah. Well, dude, uh, Andy, I don't know if you have any questions coming up for here for Jacob, but um, I, I'm just curious here what kind of – because I know we, we've chatted in the past a bunch. Uh, we've kept in touch decent, but uh, I've still yet to put a finger on if you're more of a, a deep guy or a shallow guy or you just like to keep well-versed. I try to stay as well-versed as I can. I think now I'm going – I wouldn't say deep, but more. Um, than, than shallow. I don't know. I just kind of, I, I did, and all the, all the Southerns this year, I caught them offshore for the most part. So I, I think I tend to lean more towards offshore for whatever reason. I, that's not, I've not always been that way. I, I, I was always a shallow guy growing up. You know, I was always a flipping and pitching and throwing a buzz bait and a frog up shallow. And I, I still enjoy doing that. It's, it, in my part of the part of the world, from from you know most of the year, you you find yourself offshore. Really, really in the spring right now is really the only time you find yourself, you know, fishing shallow. Because I mean, now it's all grass fishing for the most part. Right. I think the the last thing I have for you before uh, you know if Andrew has any questions here is, uh, uh, do you still plan on guiding on chick while you're fishing the elites? Is that just going to be you know, the job when you come home? Yeah, for sure. I enjoy, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, it keeps me on the water and I'm able to make some money and I enjoy, 
enjoy helping people learn and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's on the on the schedule for next. Year. Where can uh, where can people find your guide business? By the way, if they want to book a trip, which if you guys don't follow them on social, which you should, it's in the description. You know, whatever show you're whether you're listening or watching, uh, the dude puts it on giants. Uh, so where can where can folks find your, your guide business? Or how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, like, yeah, like you're saying, you can, they can find me on social media, or they can they can go to my website. Uh, it's just jacobfoxfishing.com. Uh, they can can look me up look me up there uh, and get all the info there. I mean, send me a message through Facebook or Instagram. Uh, like I said, yeah, I want to go chicken catch giants. You gotta, you gotta want to drive over two hours to go fishing there, bro. dude. I'm, <laughs> I would, I would if I wasn't trailering my boat. If I had a dual axle trailer, I would take it further. But I don't like towing it more than like three hours on single axle. That's my deal. Because if you blow a tire, you're screwed. This is fair. That's why you get a kayak. It's true. No, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrew, you got anything uh, left for Jake before we let him go? Um, No, I just want to wish you best of luck in 2022. And wherever it takes you, um, keep your head high and fish strong and go crack some faces. And we look forward to rooting you on, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to go try to try my best to make some noise out there and we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to the stories that say, I didn't suck yesterday and I'm not going to suck again today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, don't I sucked yesterday. I'm not going to suck today. Kind of so hopefully I just crack them every, every single tournament. Yeah, no, there's there's no need. There's just it's just day you know it's day four rally caps and you're gonna go smash. If you're not first or last type mentality, Ricky Bobby, I, I sense a little bit of a Ricky Bobby here in Jacob. Like Jake and Bake suggestion. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, buddy, I uh, I hope to uh, obviously you're coming up to uh, St. Lawrence. Um, but uh, I'm going to be down your way a few times, and hopefully when I'm around, if you're home, uh, we can connect. But uh, obviously we hope to get you back on the show more times, hopefully meaning a, a tournament win here and there, uh, maybe a rookie of the year prelude. But either way, but I'm looking forward to uh, having Jacob Fouts as a selection for my fantasy fishing team for next year. Absolutely. I'm Like I said, I'm excited tonight. Appreciate you guys' support. Appreciate you guys having me on. I always always enjoy it. Well, look forward to my don't mess with my fantasy fishing team text the night before day one on Chick. <laughs> really, I'll, I'll do it. I'll let you. <laughs> Maybe I can get heads up on how practice is going. <laughs> there we go. We got some insider trading going. <laughs> just going to give you thumbs down just so you don't pick them. <laughs> Every tournament. How's practice? Yeah. Thumbs down. <laughs> no practice. I'll just get a picture of just like, nah, no, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> well, buddy, it's been, it's been good to catch up with you. Uh, we'll chat with you soon. Obviously we'll be in touch and uh, good luck to you, man. Congrats again. Yep. Thank you guys. Andrew, I appreciate it guys. Of course, Jacob. Good luck. Right, we'll talk to you. Dude, that kid, I, I'm telling you, he's, I say that kid, he's my age. Like, he's but like, he's, he's going to be like trouble for these guys next year. You can see it.
He's well versed. I mean, he's from Ohio. I mean, you got to think about it from like uh, somebody said on the, uh, I think it was the Facebook post this morning. You know, Ohioans grind. They know yeah. how to grind. I mean, look at the Shryock brothers. I mean, I mean Hunter especially. Like Hunter has proven himself when you look at an AOI standpoint on the Elite Series of being well versed. I mean, I think Hunter's more of a a, a shallow grinder, you know, a flipping type of guy. Uh, whereas Jacob, I think, has become well. Well, I mean, obviously looking at Douglas and Norman, you know, two fisheries where uh, it seems to be predominantly one offshore. I mean. I think he's got it takes to do well around the country. He just needs to start getting, you know, history or experience on, on new fisheries, just like yep. just like any other angler that comes on that you know hasn't been able to see everything. Uh any that's, angler fishing anywhere. Literally yeah, it takes isn't that, time. Isn't it interesting though when you look at like the comparison uh between like veterans and newer anglers where you see you do see a lot of newer anglers being really good at you know, they're at that top of the, the, the tournament standings, but how it compares, even like some veterans that have seen these places a hundred times sometimes don't do as well. It's just kind of like an interesting uh, comparison to kind of look at, but yeah, it, but it's I, I like said, though, fresh mind. I mean, yeah, Jeff said, Hey, they're both in the same County, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So pressure's on Jake. You gotta be better than the Shryocks. <laughs> He's laughing now. But uh but for real, if you guys want to go smash on Chick and you're looking for a guy, I mean he's he's the one to go to. But uh I'm excited to get back to Tennessee. I think I'm gonna be in Tennessee like three or four times next year, at least if all goes to plan. Uh but either way, I'm looking forward to watching Jacob out in the Elite Series next year. Uh it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool to see what this I, I can't wait for twenty twenty two to like I can wait for twenty twenty two to get here, but I can't wait for the elite season to happen because that tournament schedule is incredible. There's gonna be giants yeah. caught. As long as what another nature lets them play correctly this yeah, year. I feel like we've said this like the past five years, but then Mother yeah. Nature's like, ha, psych. You get like one day where they inches of rain in two hours on Pickwick the day <laughs> yeah. before the tournament starts. Yeah, everyone's like, Pickwick's gonna be like giant bags, Century Club. Mother and here comes like, Noah's here. <laughs> <laughs> you get two animals, <laughs> each sex, get them in the ark. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna knock on wood here that we have a semi normal year weather wise next year, just so the boys can go womp on them and throw out some crazy weights, but yeah, I think professional fishing in general next year, I haven't, you know, I don't think the NPFL has uh, leaked their schedule yet, but you know, looking at the BPT and, and the elite series, I, I I'm really, I'll be honest. I'm not a fan whatsoever of the overlapping. I think there's two tournaments that overlap. Uh, I don't like that at all because like, I'm a big fan of the sport. So I like to watch both and it's hard for me to pay attention to both at the same time, but hard for you to pay um, attention while one's on. That, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, like, to be entirely brutally honest, like, Major League Fishing does not do well with marketing their events. I love watching the events. I'll be – Oh, I, I never know they're on until it's over. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there was a tournament? I have to set Google Calendar reminders if I want to watch the thing because I don't know about it. I don't know what's yeah. going on, whereas the Elite Series, everyone's talking about it. Um, but either I way, both there was more buzz on MPFL last year than the BPT. What's that? I, I feel like there was more buzz around MPFL last year from a social media standpoint than BPT. I think there's going to be even more buzz next year, too. I've heard rumblings of, like, Patrick Walters, Buddy Gross, some guys that are going to fish the elites and the NPFL. 
That's gonna be crazy. I've heard that from multiple people. So, so it's I gonna become. So don't the quote NBA, me. Do not quote the serious angler here. We did not say it. Like is becoming the new, the new PAA, the Professional Anglers Association Tournament Tour that happened like twenty years ago is what it sounds like. Because all the elite series anglers fished that as well, like 10, 15 years ago. MPFL is going place, and they could be. Yikes! Here we go. We're now we're getting some count. Uh, <laughs> but uh, dude, I don't. It's. I think it's going to be a really good year, twenty twenty two. Hopefully, we have all this COVID madness behind us. I mean, that nobody enjoyed that. I, I like I the know. fact that fishing grew in popularity, but like, you know, and people might disagree or agree with this comment, but like, fishing has a. You know, there's always grow the sport, right? It's just there's a there's like a max threshold. There's a capacity. There is a capacity. I think I I love to, you know, grow the knowledge of it. But like, there's only so many people you can put on the water. Whereas like a basket like basketball, you can grow that however big you want because you could always build another basketball court. You can't just go and pop up a new lake in you know a month. It's true, and in the way. Um, hydro dams are going as soon there won't be building any more reservoirs. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it was, I think it's, it'll be cool to see what 2022 brings and hopefully things go back to a little more normalcy and maybe people get outside, you know, be around people more. Maybe their feelings will stop getting less hurt and we'll all be able to go back half just, it, there's been a lot of chaos, I should say, for lack of better term in the fishing industry the past few months, it seems. If everyone could just go fishing, we'd be fine. Just, just go bass fishing. You'd be fine. And stay more than like 100 yards away from each other so you don't yell and scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just go fishing, guys. We'd be fine. But uh, Andy, anything else for the folks before we sign off here? No, not at this moment. Oh, one thing. If you do want to come fish Lake here, I know we're pushing Jake's guide service. I will be taking deposits here within the next two weeks for next spring on Lake Erie and Buffalo, New York, and the Great Lakes. So I have Buffalo, Upper Niagara, Lower Niagara, and Lake Ontario. Fishing this year, I don't know if we'll ever top it. It has been absolutely incredible. But if you want to get a have a shot at some trophy smallmouth, make sure to hit me up here and we'll get you out. So yeah. All of uh, Andrew's guide business contact, all that jazz is down in the show notes as well on MP3 and YouTube. Oh, sidebar too. I put the 105th fifth, fifth, five pounder in the boat for guide clients. Oh, you've been counting? Yeah. Are you just like the waymaster that sits in the back of the boat when they catch him? Yeah. Anything over like, I'm like, oh, that's like a four and a half. I throw it on the scale because they're small mouth and a four and a half could very easily be a five and a half. So I'm like, oh, that's like a four. And I'm like, oh, crap, it's 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like it's an unofficial tally, but like there's been days in the June that we put like 21 five-pounders in the boat. So I know we're well over 100, but I'm like, it's definitely 100. So, and I, ha- I know personally I've caught eight over six. Must be nice. It's been a good year. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, yeah, dude. Well, folks, we uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, a real quick reminder that uh, giving away some more Hobie Shades next Monday. And then another big reminder that uh, in November, we'll obviously announce it on the socials. 
uh, that you'll have an additional 35% off of the Hobie shades, which is huge. So again, if you're looking for stocking stuffers, shades for yourself, whomever, um, we'll be sure to get you on that. But as always, guys, we appreciate you, and we'll see you on Friday. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all on the next one.